With great data comes even greater access latency. Welcome to the Presto Community Broadcast, where we transform your latency woes into fast insights. I am your co-host, Brian Olson. And I'm again, Manfred Moza. Presto Community Broadcast is a show where we cover events and happenings within the open source Presto community and show off a little bit of cool stuff about Presto. How's it going, man? <laughs> uh, busy as always, but having a good time. Yeah. So good. Yeah, same here. Definitely a lot of a couple things cropping up in uh, in the EMEA community, and so we'll be covering that a little bit. Um, and a uh, couple uh, pieces that uh, we're interested in and uh, in, in getting ourselves introduced, like concepts that we're uh, interested in getting introduced here, and uh, moving towards a uh, a more uh, a topic we actually cut, discussed um, on the zeroth. I'm going to call it the zeroth episode of of uh, press. Presto Community Broadcast. That was uh, the dynamic filtering. So we actually that was like the minus one episode. <laughs> yeah, there we go, minus one. Yeah, because I mean, depending on how you're looking at it, you know, zero is very legitimate. Um, yeah. So uh, the null episode <laughs> that happened uh, was uh, was basically we we sat down with uh, Carol Sobek and uh, and Renak uh, and we Maraka and we talked to them about uh, dynamic filtering. And so I think. You know, going in, this was the very first episode, and we were, weren't really having too much of a plan. We were just going to start talking about cool stuff with Presto. And going in hindsight, I'm kind of glad we we kind of failed to record that episode because <laughs> because it, it's not like it wasn't a good. I mean, it was a very successful, very cool episode. But but I think we were jumping in too fast in the too, deep end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we immediately ran into the mo- one of the more advanced concepts of of Presto without even giving anybody any time to like understand even the basics. And a lot of our community, you know, as much as we uh, tend not to think about it as much, you know, every community, the majority are beginners. And so yeah. So we're trying to be very uh, uh, like thoughtful of that, mindful of that, uh, to all of our beginning, um, to all of our beginning uh, uh, Presto. Or we're trying to think of what we call our members of Presto <laughs> community, <laughs> Prestons. The, the so, Presto Prestons. Yeah, Prestons. The Prest- <laughs> yeah, we call them the Prestons or something like that. So, um, so we we basically just want to be mindful that you know we need to gradually build ourselves up to to something like dynamic filtering and so today we're going to be covering um hive partitions uh and so you may think why hive partitions uh and that's because you know hive is uh is kind of the original model that a lot of things in presto was built on and so in particular when you're using the hive connector yeah, it's still a massive use case, right? Like even though it's called Hive, it's yeah. all the cloud storage and all the data lake, yep. all that kind of like, you know, bus around all that. It's all Hive, basically. Yep. Right? And and it's so that the kind of idea here is like we call it Hive partitioning, but it's like it's not like we're talking about the system or runtime Hive partitioning. It's just the 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 kind of way that you've structured your data, the way that you put, you know, understand all the data that's sitting in the cloud, you know, that's all stored in the Hive Metastore. And so we're going to be going actually jumping into that a little bit today with the the demo as well as you're going to be covering it in the concepts today. So it's going to be a really super cool episode. Uh, we also have a pretty yep. interesting question that uh, that kind of gets us into some of the JVM uh, pieces of, of <laughs> like the uh, dynamic code rewriting stuff. So really uh, excited about this episode. And so uh, before we hop into that, Let's uh, go to a quick announcement from our advertiser or our, our our sponsors. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Starburst, for hosting this show. Starburst is an enterprise offering that builds upon open source Presto distribution. The main vectors you improve upon when moving to Starburst are performance, support, and simplicity to deploy. The performance gains come from an enterprise suite of Presto connectors that improve upon the open source connectors by offering parallel implementations and improved statistics exposed to the cost space optimizer. There are also connectors that don't exist in the open source projects, such as the Snowflake connector and Delta Lake connector, and many other that prove useful in many enterprise applications. My favorite thing that Starburst offers is how they take away the pain of deployment, security, and scaling your Presto cluster up by offering Kubernetes deployments on multiple cloud platforms. This relieves a lot of pressure from your ops team and offers them a slick user interface called Mission Control that makes the management of your cross-platform clusters easy. Finally, they have a team of experts that are available to address any issues you experience. This team includes the original founders of Presto, a dedicated customer success team, and even Manfred and myself. We clearly think the product is great, but don't take our word for it. Try Presto for free. 
Head on over to starburstdata.com to learn more. And now back to the show. All right. So Manfred, release 346. What's been going yeah. on the last couple of weeks? Uh, you know, it's going fast. Like, it's crazy what's going on. But um, again, we continue the trend of adding more stuff. Um, <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the amazing things was we uh, included some functions uh, for expanding our SQL support. So um, it now supports range and groups in window frames. And you can do alter table, so-and-so set authorization statements. Um, which is really useful for a lot of things. On the iceberg connector, for example, we added uh, the materialized views. And then a lot of things went into, again, into the Hive connector, where we did include improvements around the native Hive views support. That came in last time with that library from uh, LinkedIn called Coral. There were improvements there. That was brand new with the 345 release. In 3.46, we literally found a little, a few little things that got improved. There's some improvements around the Metastore, the Glue Metastore usage. And uh, all the other connectors also had a whole bunch of uh, performance improvements, littler ones here and there. Um, if you look at a general improvements as well, there is um, a couple of performance improvements for like inequality conditions and other smaller statements, but you know, it's, it's that, uh, it always adds up, right? Like you have yeah. all these little improvements uh, for various correctness and, uh, improvement things, a bunch of those continue our trend that we really had for the last, I don't know how many releases now where, um, the timestamp and time. Yeah kind of related uh, higher precision work all the way down to nanoseconds and stuff is more and more improved in the code base in terms of the general functionality of Presto, but now it's starting to really flow out into the connector. So I think the Hive connector now has pretty full support for all the way down to nanoseconds and so on. And all that kind of stuff is, is very important to go if you go to like financial and like where, where really like, you know, where the, where the time matters for real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, down to down to the nanosecond of who gets yeah. the trade and, and uh, especially when it comes into anything like transactional because as we've seen like a lot more things uh, from last last episode, we were talking a lot more uh, hi hype around the uh, transactional nature of uh, uh, stuff that uh, features that Hive offer and so uh presto is now able to expose a lot of those uh those things that initially started in high eight like the hive 3.0 uh type stuff we are starting to port a lot of that over into uh, presto as well now so yeah also um a whole bunch of those like correctness of a lo lot of functions like presto as you know has lots and lots of different functions yes. a lot of them had correctness fixes and uh i think there's also a few more new ones actually like one or two i, I remember seeing a pull request or two. yeah there was a there's a couple of this least and like null handlings for least and greatest Null's always a big bear in, <laughs> in <laughs> these things and then yeah uh, same thing with not not a number man <laughs> not a number has bitten me plenty of times yeah so yeah, those deep cool um well looks like oh, we yeah. had a lot of cool stuff i mean it, it seemed like this one there was no like oh my god crazy pr but it was like a lot of like incremental you know, little things that built up to just making Presto way better. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a bit of a follow-up release. I think 345 was our uh, LTS released on the Starburst side, and okay. we really, like, solidified that a lot. And then a lot of things that, like, were sort of, like, uh, miscellaneous things, like, that didn't just make it for 345 flowed over into the open source 346. Yeah. We actually had a, had a few critical things that we backported as well, so... Um, it's what? definitely a, a great, great connection again, great release again. Trying to see what happened in the SPI. Always interested, intrigued whenever SPI things come around because that means a lot of people have to update things on the, uh, <laughs> well, update things only, on the connectors. Yeah. Only if you do your own implementation of other connectors and stuff yeah. and you're touching those aspects. Yeah. So, but, and, and there's usually not too much, like very, very careful changes are, I always see made to the uh, SPI, but this one's like propagation of connector session properties, probably a lot of internal stuff more than it's anything internal exposed. and correctness things. And if there is changes on the SPI, often what it is, it's expansions for uh, further callbacks or functionality, say like um, an addition to, like, I think the dynamic filtering was one of those things. The SPI yep. needed to have these endpoints so that, connectors can implement dynamic filtering, right? So it's just expanding a connector that doesn't have dynamic filtering. Well, too bad, so sad, right? doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's good. 
Cool. All right. Um, so uh, anything else you need to cover with uh, the release or shall I move on to the news? Yeah, no, jump right in. All right. So just a couple things, uh, mainly going to be talking about some events uh, that are coming up. So today, uh, and this is all in Japanese, but uh, for those that are watching on the uh, stream, but uh, so uh, very much keen to how the event is going to be run. Uh, we have a the Presto Conference in Tokyo uh, happening. So it will be tomorrow in uh, in Japan, but it will be tonight. <laughs> and and so uh, myself and Martine will be speaking uh, at this uh, our tonight for us on thursday and then tomorrow in the afternoon for japan um and so basically just uh, i'm going to be you know kind of promoting the community as well as this this uh, presto community broadcast and so uh so hello to everybody from japan who's watching this in hindsight <laughs> um and so uh so yeah so we will uh be talking there tonight and and the majority of the talks are going to be in japanese and it's going to be folks that are going to be just presenting on you know where how they've used presto and in, in their particular work uh, uh, we have Arm Treasure Data, uh, Line, and a couple other companies that are uh, uh, very huge Presto supporters, including like a lot of people that work for these companies are actually in our ranks and contributors uh, to the open source Presto community project. So huge thanks to to all of them that that uh, put this stuff together and Toru who who put this uh, event together. So really looking forward to uh, being a part of that. Um, and then uh, so that that is tonight. Uh, for any of you who are in the, in the APJ or uh, specifically in Japan area. Um, Looks like you have a long day planned, Brian. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long day for me, but uh, always worth it. You know, really excited to actually totally. get some some one-on-one -on -one time with with those in Asia Pacific. I feel like majority of the the beginning, uh, my beginnings here was in meetups in, in the U.S. And so uh, really just happy to be a part of like any, any part in the APJ. Um, so talking about other uh, time zones and regions, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we also have uh, um, a couple meetups that have been surfacing lately in uh, Poland. Um, this is uh, Jacek Lakowski, and uh, hopefully I didn't butcher his name, but Jacek uh, uh, has been uh, slowly getting, uh, kind of comes from the Spark uh, community. And uh, he uh, does a lot of talks on Spark, but has recently shown some interest in Presto. And uh, so as kind of uh, one of his things, he's he's been kind of like learning about Presto and kind of sharing that with with uh, the um, uh, community over there in Poland. So uh, so next week he, he's been doing one about every week now. Uh, next week, he's going to be covering uh, some Docker and uh, and Kubernetes stuff. I only know this because I read the description on LinkedIn in, in English. Uh, this is all in Polish, so <laughs> so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, had I not read that before. Um, so this is going to be Tuesday, November 24th. Um, and uh, we'll be, I think, sometime, let me see, what, what is it? Uh, Green Greenwich uh, Mountain Time. Is that Mountain Time? I can't no, remember. GMT. GMT, anyways. Uh, Greenwich, for, Greenwich Mean Time, yeah. Uh, I know, oh, plus one. So I'm guessing that that's uh, basically Pol Polish time. So yeah. uh, it's going to be 6 p.m. And I'm not going to do the math, but I'm. it's either, that's probably... Uh, what is it, 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. in Poland. <laughs> so uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, it's going to be in Polish as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, really excited to see that the community there is, is blowing up. Um, as well, uh, one last thing. And, and so I'm not actually talking about any single uh, events that are going to be in the U.S., uh, or any of the Americas this time. So uh, I've talked about I've talked about uh, uh, a lot of events before that were always all in in the U.S. But uh, all of these are going to be EMEA and APJ for, for today. So uh, this one is going to be in English, though. So you know, feel free to join. I, it's, everything's virtual nowadays. Uh, but uh, w this is mainly going to be focused on the uh, our growing EMEA community and trying to bring this to a larger audience from anybody from you know Poland to Germany to to the U.K. and um, and so this is basically basically uh, uh, one that's hosted by Starburst. Now, it's not going to be talking about the enterprise version yet, where this is actually going to be talking about uh, basically how to set up a, a simple uh, Presto, uh, lo local Presto setup. Uh, it's going to be an interactive session too. So we'll actually be sending out, uh, when you when you register here, you'll register with your email and then we'll actually be able to have you do an interactive training with us. So you'll be running, uh, setting up Presto. Uh, actually, Presto is going to get set up for you. Uh, and the main thing you're going to be doing is kind of learning how to interact with Presto at a very basic level. Then we're going to show you how to do federated searches. And then we're eventually going to uh, show you how to basically run queries over data lakes with multiple uh, different 
formats from, you know, ORC to, in your format to like JSON and then performing joins between those data types. So uh, that's going to be December 3rd, uh, 1 p.m. GMT, uh, 2 p.m. in CET, which is I, I think that that's the actual um, uh, time zone that is plus one so, yeah. to GMT. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's central Eastern or something like that. Yeah, Central Eastern Central, time zone. Central European time. European time zone. Yeah, yep, that's right. So, uh, so definitely check that out, uh, especially if you're in the in the EMU community. Uh, we're limiting that one to 100 for our first uh, go around because we're kind of still, you know, getting a couple of the kinks out, and we want to make sure that we have uh, a good process for everybody who is there. So, going to be 100 100 folks that we're going to be uh, uh, doing this training with, but then there will be plenty more that that come on after that. So, if you register and you don't make the cut this time then we'll have plenty of of these to uh to follow on in the in the coming months after that um okay and then uh that's the events that uh that i'm covering there'll be a couple other events that are coming up this the rest of this month and a couple as well in the u.s uh those will be linked in the show notes um wanted to just kind of highlight some blogs that i found over the last week uh that were really kind of cool um this this guy has this blog java helps um, and so, uh, he's, he's also on, on our, uh, uh community and he, I've, I just found a couple of his blogs, like super, uh, user-friendly, very helpful. And, um, a, a good majority of them are actually, one of them is called like Presto for newbies. Um, another one is like how to set up your, uh, environment if you're trying to actually develop on Presto. And he just does a really good job at kind of extending on what our existing documentations have. Um, in this particular, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one that I'm I'm showing here, uh, and sorry for the podcast listeners, you can just go on and and look in the show notes. But this one's called Presto SQL Join Algorithms, and uh, what this is uh, going to show you is it kind of talks about some of the concepts that we'll be covering in a couple weeks uh, to, that uh, build up to dynamic filtering, and uh, and it kind of you know describes what a build table is, what a probe table is, uh, and and uh, kind of that builds up the the um, understanding that you need to kind of understand this kind of of distributed hash join, which is one of the big underpinnings uh, mm-hmm. that we'll be discussing in a couple of weeks to how Presto achieves its speeds, how it's, you know, how the query that you run gets distributed. So, so this is, uh, I think, a, a beautiful blog that just breaks it down very nicely. Uh, that'll be linked in the show notes. So definitely check those out. And he has a couple other ones. Um, and then uh, let's see, I think there was one other one I wanted to show. Let me Hop down here. Oh, this one actually. Uh, so, I, I wanted to link a uh, one blog that was a medium blog that I don't particularly have access to, but has been really upvoted. It's a it's actually somebody who's uh, deploying an enterprise Presto on uh, on the Google Cloud, and so I haven't seen this. Most of the current enterprise Presto uh, things that have surfaced recently have been all around um, the s- setting it up on AWS. So I'm kind of glad now that. You you know, Enterprise Presto is, is showing up, Starburst Enterprise Presto in particular, is showing up uh, now that they've been, you know, uh, uh, available on Google and all these other ones. You're starting to see people write about this. And so that that was kind of cool to me to see that, you know, people are actually using this in, in uh, Google and other cloud platforms. So uh, I link that as well in the show notes. So definitely give that a look uh, if you're if you're somebody who's looking into um the uh using an, your enterprise presto uh or you want a more professional version of presto but you're on google cloud platform and your company doesn't have anything to do with aws so uh so really looking forward to see more and more of those in different cloud platforms uh pop up so um with that uh that's pretty much uh the the news um i'm gonna hop right over to you manfred to talk about uh our concept of the week this week which is going to be uh hive partitioning take it away yeah, hive partitioning. <laughs> um, hive partitioning is uh, one of those concepts that um, you kind of uh, need to know a little bit about because um, with Presto, you dive into the depths of managing your Hive Metastore a little bit more, or you can. Um, it's important to do that. Now, where does it even come from and what does it even mean? It comes out of the ra- relational database world where partitioning your data kind of happens under the hood, and it's a concept that you just didn't care about right like you just created a table and like you uh, under the hood what happened didn't really matter well with hive um you want to understand this a little bit better so literally what it does is uh, hive normally creates uh, a directory and the files that represent the data are just thrown into that directory that's fine obviously if 
you don't have too much data, but Hive and Hadoop file system and others are obviously used with lots of data. And then you need to come up with a mechanism to break that up. Uh, and that's partitions. And it sounds fancy, but what it really is, is just a way of uh, creating subdirectories or folders within those tables that are represented by those directories. And um, Presto obviously supports that. Typically when you want that happening in Presto, what you do is you do your create table statement um, so that the metadata of that table gets populated into Presto and in, like for Presto into the Hive Metastore. Um, and you just add a with partitioned by uh, statement, uh, which then has uh, an array. And in that array, you have one or multiple fields from within that table, uh, which cause the partition. And um, which one of those fields you wanna use there uh, is kind of important because um, it depends on the table, right? Like a very common use case is you use something where um, over time it changes, right? Like mm -hmm. if you do some sort of log data or so, you do it by that date and then you end up getting basically a new directory which e with each day or whatever, right? Like could be month, could be year even, but typically it's all the way down to the day. Um, and what that makes happen is when Presto runs a query then, um, and there that typically is then socialized around some query that has a where condition on that date. Uh, and then the read operation from Presto can say, well, I know where those directories are and it just looks at those directories. It doesn't have to worry about looking at all the other data. The partition makes the IO uh, much, much less. Um, when you then want to do this even more, you can have additional fields like something that's doesn't change too much, right? Like some sort of lookup data, like a reference data, like a country on an address or something like that, or a city maybe even if it's more fine-grained, that kind of stuff. You don't want to do it by street number or like house number, so that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So it's something where there's a horizontal kind of data. Yeah. And then that's then that makes more subdirectories and, and or optimizes the queries even more. And there's support around that in Presto too. Uh, like for example, you can delete those partitions, you can work on them to get them to get them compacted individually and all that kind of stuff. So it's very useful to do that. Yeah, and one to point to that is like uh, a lot of people get confused when they talk about partitioning. It, there's a similar concept called bucketing uh, in Hive, and so uh, yeah. so, so if you you know you were talking about with time, a lot of times when we think of partitions, uh, you see a lot of times it's a date type of thing. And then you'll see other fields that uh, are bucketed. Basically, what a bucket means is that you'll you'll see like, you know, different directories of, of uh, so, so going to back to partition, partition deals with like different directories. And that's, you know, uh, shown in the H HDFS is going to be different directories and have. Uh, yeah, and you can read those values, like the directory names are something like date equals blah. So exactly. it's like very user friendly, right? And when you're talking about bucketing, it's hash values. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And so if you have like, let's say, so let's say we have a date value for, for our partition. And then we have like, let's say we pick some other field, like a customer ID. So, mm -hmm. and I think these are the, in my mind, these are the two like kind of go-to scenarios for, for bucketing versus, versus uh, high partition. And so what you want to avoid with high partition and kind of the big, oh no, gotcha is like, if I, I don't want to have my partitions to, I want them to be roughly symmetrical in terms of the size yeah. of, and I want them to be very evenly distributed. Um, I don't want to have necessarily any kind of, uh, um, um, bu like bucket that's going to be bigger, bigger than the other, sorry, not bucket partition. That's going to be bigger partition, than the yeah, other. Yeah. So over time, you're going to probably assume that like most days, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to, uh, have, um, oh, sorry. You know, I'm thinking of bucketing <laughs> partitions is actually okay to do this. Um, let me flip this around. So, uh, partitioned, uh, you, you can actually have different, different sizes and where you want to be very careful about the, uh, evil, even distribution is when you're talking about, uh, bucketing. So in a bucket, you're actually going to, uh, have all of these files, basically these, uh, well, let's call them org files and assume that everything is, is kind of stored in org. You're going to have these binary org files sitting in the same file and, uh, under the same directory. And then you're going to want to be able to basically, uh, go to the correct file that has your data in it. And so if you have, um, uh, let's say in the customer, customer ID scenario, 
you want to make sure that you chose customer ID because customer ID is going to be approximately, you know, very evenly distributed across these uh, these different um, uh, these different uh, buckets. And so the nice thing about the bucketing is that if you have, let's say, a customer that is uh, your like main customer that has a lot of data. And if you have a customer that is like uh, maybe your smaller customer, maybe they map to the same uh, same bucket. And so approximately your buckets are going to be maybe around the same level of distribution. Whereas with partitions, you don't get that because you're making a very explicit split between, you know, let's say a date. So you're going to say mm. this year or let's say this particular date, you know, and all the data is going to go into that particular partition, whereas you don't get that with clustering. Uh, clustering, you're actually going to uh, fill up based on the uh, based on uh, you're basically going to get an even distribution by default. And so if you have something like customer ID where things tend to be not equally distributed, um, then you get that uh, nice distribution just by kind of the uh, uh, eventually randomly distributing your big customers and your little customers kind of randomly across, well, not randomly, but, you know, by the hash function across yeah. your your different buckets. So that was kind of the, what the rant, what I just tried to say was <laughs> trying to get to <laughs> is that, and so with partitions, that's the other way around is you will not have to worry so much about, you know, making things like you're, you're basically going to have things be not so equally distributed. So let's go back with the days of the week or something like that. Yeah. Um, Saturday, you're probably and Sunday, you're probably not going to get as much data in uh, on those days versus the days that, uh, you know, during the weekday, because, you know, most of the time people are more active on certain things or maybe, sat, you know, weekends are when you're depends data if you run the up. sports website, maybe it's very busy on the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, it could go either way, right? And so you're going to have certain hot spots, you know, ba based on that. And so that's when you want to use partitions uh, versus yeah. uh, versus clustering. And so anyways, partitions, directories, clusters are actually splitting up your files and, and, and doing it over a hash. And so you get that that distribute that distribution automatically with clustering, whereas you don't get that with with partitioning. And if um, you if you're querying uh, like you are an exist like if you are a, a Presto user that is just a data analyst starting to write queries into that Hive stuff and you want to know because you might want to write a delete query like because with uh, deletions you can only delete based on a partition in Hive for example with Presto mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you might need to know that there's uh, hidden columns for all the Hive columns like dollar partition mm -hmm. and you can query those and find out then so if you don't necessarily know because you might not have been the person that set up the table you can find out that information by just looking at that special field and same as for other fields okay cool uh anything else you wanted to cover i know there was a piece that you were talking about uh that was uh saying kind of relating this to the original partitioning that was done on old databases i i don't know if you mentioned anything about yeah, just like in, by, in old databases, you didn't need to worry about that, right? Like it happened yeah. under the hood. It's like, well, implementation detail of whatever database. So yeah. typical users wouldn't have to care have to care about that. But with the, like the, old, the other thing where this is like, it's a very big difference is um, what you have to keep in mind is when this goes into a HDFS storage or so, those different directories are actually on different nodes in a cluster of machines, right? Like they could be somewhere completely different. So it makes a huge difference if uh, the if the meta store basically knows where those partitions are. So it doesn't have to go and look at like five different servers. It knows it's right there on that one machine, right? So it makes a big difference on the IO gotcha. of like retrieving that data. Yeah. Yeah, definitely is is big, and we'll we'll cover that here in a second when we get into the demo. So, uh, so without further ado, let's go on to the pull request of the week and go into awesome. our little code scene here. Uh, I'm gonna. I noticed that I had done a poor job at dragging us down uh, into the bottom right here. So I'm gonna do that <laughs> real fast and just make it move blatant, us around. <laughs> move us around here and make it blatantly obvious, so that way it's not like I was trying to be sneaky about it and somebody says "gotcha." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So this, uh, this week's pull request, uh, let's pull it up, uh, right now, uh, is pull request. This is a bit of an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, pull request 223. Um, this was, uh, kind of the early days of the, uh, Presto SQL days, uh, when, when things were kind of moving over into the Presto software foundation. And so, um, 
So we uh, we see this uh, uh, user. Um, let me see if I can say Haoluo. And um, hopefully that was pronounced well enough. <laughs> so Haoluo, how uh, basically uh, did this fix um, to this uh, issue um, 174, which was add a high procedure to recover and discover partitions. And so this, the, you can tell why this makes a very fitting um, thing for us to demo on today because uh, we were talking about partitions. And so uh, in Hive, uh, there was a uh, uh, basically this functionality called uh, MSIC, uh repair table and you may say it may many different ways it's literally msck kind of like uh, fsic <laughs> for those that are familiar with like you do running i think it's like fsck is from file system check yep. and m is from like metadata meta store i mean meta store yeah. check basically yeah meta store meta store uh check yep so uh so that's the that's the idea here is that they you know hive and and this is a kind of another thing is like we we weren't able to kind of just copy this this syntax right because that's not ANSI SQL. So this is a kind of a pointer to like when when you think about like well what's why why do we talk about ANSI SQL a lot with with Presto and this is the the reason is like we can't just directly use something like this. Instead, uh, what we chose to do is we use a, a procedure, and so these are kind of general like you know. Uh, functions that that come along with Presto, uh, and so uh, we we want to imitate this, but we can't just use we can't just make up this this word msec uh, like like uh, uh, things were done in Hive SQL. So uh, since we're following ANSI, so that was just a point, small side point I wanted to make. But but here's the actual PR um, for file changes, very straightforward, but like very powerful stuff here and very useful. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to kind of try to motivate why why you'll eventually need this. So this kind of comes back to understanding the diff- how Hive, the Hive uh, connector works in Presto. So getting back to this, you have like the Hive runtime, you have uh, Hive file storage, and then you have the Hive metastore. So we're, when I show you this, when we create these partition uh, uh, pieces of data, that information of like where that partition lives and kind of that that partition even exists is all stored in the Metastore. And then the data itself is actually stored in file storage. So what, what can happen at times is you can maybe have, let's say, you know, some process that you've created, some maybe nightly process or something erroneously happens where you delete this uh, file storage uh, or basically the the data in a particular uh, high partition directory, um, you're going to have that data deleted by something other than Presto. If you delete it through Presto, Presto knows to update both the Metastore and file storage. But if you do it in an external process, there's nothing really blocking as long as if you if unless you've made it uh, you know, kind of an access denied thing. But let's say you have a, a user that runs this service that deletes. Well, uh, it could be a totally useful and like regular, like with our date example where we talked about before, it could be a regular maintenance, like anything that that's older than five years, you archive it away and yep. like it gets archived and deleted, right? Like it's, it can be total normal operational stuff yep. where you don't need to muck around with like press. Yeah, let's not, it, let's not make it. Let's not make it a bad thing. Yeah, let's let's talk yeah, about the good. Yeah, it could be totally reasons. normal to do yeah. that, right? <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, it's a good point, Manfred. So, so yeah, so then we have this, you know, nightly process that we have running that just deletes certain certain data, but. Unfortunately, like it's not good enough to just delete that data from the storage. You also need to make sure you update that in the Metastore. And so one way to do that is you could just go through Presto and maybe just use like a, some sort of a JDBC call or, or any, any other kind of method, client method that you want uh, from there. Or, you know, you can go and uh, delete the uh, uh, data and then you would have to make sure that you follow on and update the Hive Metastore to make sure that those, that partition that you're deleting is, is actually uh, gone from the Metastore. Uh, and vice versa, you could have another state where you leave the data in in the file storage, but then it gets removed from from the metastore. Um, so so all of these uh, things. So, so this would be a case where some maybe some ingest uh, uh, tool brings in the data in and then doesn't tell Hive. And so when you run Presto, it's all of a sudden you're like, well, I just ingested all this data. Where is it? And so you have to actually update Hive Metastore. And so these are kind of like the the two pieces that uh, when you're when you're thinking about these this architecture, you have to always be cognizant of that uh, when you're setting up these processes. So again, we're here uh, using MinIO as our local uh, little S3 uh, storage, and then we have this uh, bucket called uh, Part. Uh, not to be like a like a 
you know, order part or any kind of like that, but this is part for partition. Um, and then I'm, I have, uh, the, uh, dbver, uh, client instance connected to Presto, uh, which is, um, pointing to, uh, S3. And then we also have, uh, the dbver is also connected to the Metastore database. And this isn't like the, uh, actual, uh, like, uh, this, this is the actual, database that sits underneath the hive metastore so if we go back to this diagram uh sorry for those on that are on the uh podcast but check out the diagram in the uh in the hive um blog that i wrote a while back it's basically hive metastore is a service that sits on top of this other database that is not the same as the the uh, area where you're actually storing the data so we have two two kind of stores and so one one i'm talking to uh presto and the other one i'm i'm literally talking to this database that's uh that's sitting here um uh underneath the hive meta store so um and and with this we'll, we'll get into a little bit of how that uh, data is modeled in a second um I'm not going to go too far in the weeds about it, but but it's just enough so that you can understand what we're doing there. So first, let's look at our uh, schemas in, in MinIO. So uh, we don't have any schemas, I don't believe, that, that are outside of the default ones. So we need to actually create that uh, schema that points to that, uh, that part bucket that I just showed you in MinIO. So we do that by create schema, minio.part, and that uh, points the location to that location in, uh, uh, in MinIO. Now we're going to create a, a table. First, let's create a table with no partitions and see what that looks like. So we're going to create this table, minio part, and we're going to call the table no part. And uh, it's going to have three fields, ID, which is an integer, a name, uh, which is varchar, and uh, DT, which is a uh, very common uh, shortening for date time. And that's also a varchar. So we're going to do that with the format in ORC for all of these. So I won't say that for the rest of the tables that we create. Great, the table's created. If we go back to MinIO, we can see that there's now a little directory for uh, in MinIO for no part. So let's go ahead and insert some data in there. We're going to insert six rows. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six is the IDs. Part one through six is the name. Uh, and then we are going to basically just have uh, three different dates. The first two are on the 18th of, of uh, November. The second two are the 19th of of November of this year. And then the last one is on uh, the 20th of November of this year. So we entered those values and let's go look in here. And there's one orc file sitting here at 502 bytes. Cool. So if I, uh, let me go ahead and run a quick query. If I do a quick query on no part where we are uh, querying where date time equals 2020, 11, 20. So we say select all from minio.part.nopart where DT equals 2020-11-20, we get just those two, uh, the five and the six parts back, which were dated uh, on the 20th. Cool, so that's everything as we expect it. Let's go ahead now and create a, another uh, table called orders. Um, I should in this just call case, this... it had to read the whole file though, right? Because Yeah, only one. I'll get to that here in a second, Manfred. But uh, yes, definitely it has to re read the whole file. So we'll create a table called orders. I could probably, I should probably just call this uh, part, but now I've already made the demo, so too late. That's... <laughs> so these are going to have the exact same set of, of fields. It's going to have ID, name, and DT. Um, but we're going to have this extra, outside of the, you know, we're going to say with format org, but we're going to say with partition by equals, and this is the thing that Manfred was, was describing before, partition by or uh, and then it points to this array of, of values. And so this is going to be uh, uh, array, and there's one string in there that says DT. And so uh, that DT is, is, is talking about this last uh, uh, field here, uh, last column here called DT varchar, uh, and that's what we're going to be partitioning on. Uh, uh, true to how it was done at Hive, Everything that you partition by, anytime you add a partition field, there is a special rule in how we, we uh, create these tables where the last fields, uh, basically any field that you want to partition by has to be the last fields of the table. So in this case, we have two regular columns and then there's one partition column. And so that has to be in the last field. I'll show you in a little bit uh, when there's multiple fields, how that has to look. But that's just something that's uh, uh, worth pointing out now. So we're going to run this create table, minio.part.orders. And it's going to have all those three fields with that partitioning on the last field, DT. Create that. And let's go ahead and insert the data in. 
And again, we have three dates here. So let's go back up to our part. And now we have this uh, thing for no, for orders. And now instead of seeing one single uh, orc file that's uh, sitting in there, we have now underneath the orders directory in MinIO, we have uh, these three directories that say DT equals 2020 1118. And then we have another two that's saying 1119 and 1120. So we have three directories here. And if we go into each of them, we see that there's uh, an orc file in each of these and each of them saying uh, size 363. So uh, let's go ahead and run the query on that. I just want to point out that that's that aspect of partitioning that's nice, where you can literally read the directory name and it makes sense. Like yep. Eight is a value, right? So exactly, it's pretty, pretty in your face. So yeah, it's so nice to manage. Also, once you poke around on the file system, it's useful. Very useful. Because if you look at here, like when I when I'm putting where DT equals twenty twenty dash eleven dash twenty, that's the exact same. Obviously, without the uh, the um, the uh, little asterisks around it to make sure to, to quote without the little quotes around uh the actual string uh we have dt equals 2020-11-18 so uh so you may be thinking okay well that's cool let's just check out let's see if this actually works so in the same way in the last table with no partitions this ta this table with partitions also returns the same too but there's a difference going on underneath the hood Presto is aware that this is a partition table. And so it's going to, when I put this, this where statement here, DT equals 2020-11-20, uh, it, it's basically indicating uh, to Presto, hey, you need to make sure that there's, check to see if there's any partitions on this table. Oh, there is? Okay, let's see if that's the field that we're filtering on. And it's going to say, okay, this is actually a field that's a partition in here. Let's see now if there's uh, any, um, if, if the value for this, basically this DT equal statement, let's see if there's actually a partition that exists for this that, that can point to one of these directories. And sure enough, it does. And so it goes into this directory and reads this file. And so... This is a small amount of data. We're only dealing with six rows, but you look at the, the size here, there's, and, and particular for ORC, there's a lot of extra size that's being involved here in terms of bytes uh, for um, you know header and footer and all this stuff. So it's not going to be a huge difference, but you're going to look at 363 bytes uh, in, in one of the partitions uh, file sizes, whereas you, if you look at no, the no partition one, that's 502 bytes. That's because we have all the data in one file versus... Here we have uh, just um, a subset of the data in, in one of these smaller files. And so Presto only goes here instead of these other two and, and looks at this smaller file. And so when you, you know, scale this up to terabytes of data, that's going to save you, you know, hours. <laughs> yeah, like the typical, typical Hive table or so it doesn't just have like two little files or like two little f like fields. It'll have like 10, 20 or more, right? Like yep. sometimes hundreds. And then often those are like varchar values and whatsoever, right? And like if the like the numbers are small, but it's like probably like a 40, 30, 40% reduction on those small files and it gets bigger, the reduction is even more. So it makes sure. a huge difference. Yep. So uh, before I'm going to, I'm going to uh, eventually hop on to show you multiple partitions. But before we do that, let's take a moment to understand how this data, how this partition data is actually stored in the Metastore. So I'm going to be linking this in the show notes and showing this real fast uh, because I don't want to talk too much to uh, something that uh, anybody who's listening on the podcast can see. But there is uh, there's this huge model um, of, of tables that that exist in the Metastore. And so uh, small subset that you actually need, but but uh, you you basically uh, and and luckily for us we had uh, this this diagram that was generated um, from the the Metastore uh, database by this guy that's called called Niftimus Maximus, and he has this blog called The Analytics Anvil. He, he generated this back in 2016, so this may not be reflective of the Hive Metastore model that we know today in HTTP3. Um, I'm sure a lot in this tra little transactions box uh, that, that is being modeled uh, has probably blown up since, since HTTP3, so this is probably not even representative of, of everything. But in terms of the basics of like how data, databases and, and different uh, columns and things like that that are, and partitions in our particular case that we're about to see are stored. Um, this is a good like kind of initial reference to understand 
how metadata is stored on these tables. So let me go without too much uh, talking, talking it up. Let me go in and, and actually show you how we would uh, run um, uh, these, uh, these queries on this. So I'm actually going to run a query on the Metastore. Um, and so I need to make sure I'm using the Metastore database that we're actually uh, pointing to. And then I'm going to do a select all from this table called, it's all always, everything's in caps in this, uh, in this schema. So it's uh, select all from uh, DBS. And so this is your databases table. And so as we can see, we, uh, we've created uh, what's, what's equivalent to a scheme and, and presto is called a database in, in, high, in the Hive model. And so we have this uh, uh, database, Hive database, called part. Uh, and that's the one that's pointing to the, uh, the min.io location of S3A colon slash slash part. So... Uh, so that is uh, basically how you'd see a database. Let's go ahead and look for the table. So to, to actually uh, pull this out, we're going to do select T. Uh, so let's go from the joins. We're going to join the database table that I just showed you with the TBLS table, which is the tables in, in the Hive uh, Metastore. And we're going to just join those on the database ID. So uh, And then we're going to look for where the, the database name is equal to part. So we're basically saying, show us the tables. This is kind of what high or what Presto does when it's asking, hey, show me all of the tables in, uh, per, for part. And so it's going to show you no part and orders. These are the tables that we just created uh, in those uh, uh, set up just before. So it's, uh, you can see a couple other fields in here that it's a managed table. These are things that are kind of more context specific to, to Hive, but really not relevant to our discussion here today. You can do even further things. You can kind of understand uh, the kind of locations of, of where uh, the tables are. So if we say for the table name orders and for the database name part, where where is the actual location of that data? And so you can actually find that location there. Um, what is this? You can even go into understand, you know, what's the serializer class in Java that I actually use to deserialize and serialize that data. Um, and, uh, finally, you know, one, one last little quick little thing, I'm not going to go into the, the actual, um, query itself. These are all going to be posted on the show notes. Um, but you can actually, you know, show the columns and you'll notice that the columns don't include that DT. Uh, when I'm looking at the, the orders table here, it doesn't include DT because that's treated as a special column as it's the partitioned column. So if we want us to actually see the partitions here, we can actually do a select. Uh, so there's going to be a multiple joins. We're joining a database table in Metastore to the tables in Metastore to partitions in Metastore. And then one last table, which actually is called the SDS table. And that's just where the data, that's just the storage table. That's basically where data is actually stored. So all of this data gets joined and we're going to basically show the partition and we want to show the location of the storage uh, as what we're actually going to be projecting in this query. So that pulls up, you know, the different partitions that we're, that we're seeing. And one partition is uh, this uh, 2020 1118 uh, based on that data. So you see the part name here, that's the partition table uh, entry. And then it actually maps to a location that is um, uh, in, in the MinIO. So that's how... Presto basically pulls that data out, and, and get, this is getting back to like why we call the Hive connector the Hive connector, because this is all the Hive model. But it's how Presto is basically using the Hive model to understand this this syntax and this data, and pulls this information out to basically you know know where to find all this data. So it, it uh, uses this part name to uh, to map from your query, and then say, okay, this is where it's at in MinIO. Cool. So. What we were talking about before, now let's get to the actual uh, PR demo. <laughs> um, so we want to actually uh, get to these scenarios where what I have in the in um, my meta store is not the same and it's not in the same state as what I have in, in storage. So I have this kind of mismapping of, you know, what is going on. Uh, in Hive Metastore versus what is going on in the file storage. So we need to get to that state. In order to do that, let me first back out here, and I'm going to download the, uh, the 11.18 file. So let me go ahead and download that. And I actually have one from, a, from something I was doing earlier. So let me, uh, oh, and I just duplicated it. I want to delete it. Let me quickly just delete those on my desktop real fast. Cool. Now we're actually going to save this file 
And then I'm going to go here and delete this 11.18. Cool. So now that that's deleted, we should and expect- now you just deleted it with, a, with that delete statement, the SQL statement where Presto allows you to delete it because it is a partition, right? Yep, yep. So I, I, am, uh, I'm, I deleted uh, the uh, partition. And so what we expect to see in the Metastore, since I deleted this with Presto too, this isn't going to come get us into the bad issue, right? We, the, the data gets deleted from Metastore first. Uh, or not, maybe not first, but gets deleted from Metastore. And then I can also look into MinIO and check that that data also did get deleted in MinIO. And that's because we ran it through Presto versus some right. external process, right? So and without partitions, that wouldn't be possible. If you wouldn't have that table partitioned, you wouldn't be able to actually delete that. Yep, exactly. So that is a huge convenience that that, that offers us. So let's go ahead and move over to uh, now adding this data back. So let, let's say I'm coming in as this, you know, external uh, process. Um, here, I did something wrong here. DT equals 2020. I'm creating a folder in MinIO now to basically simulate that the, there we go, that uh, I'm some, maybe some ingest uh, thing, you know, some some sort of process, some uh, ETL process that's pulling data in. And now I'm going to pull this data that I just uh, pull, put onto my desktop here that we had saved from before. And so now we have data existing in MinIO and it doesn't still exist in uh, inside the Metastore. So we're getting kind of a bad state right now because if we go and run a query on Presto, let's go ahead and run uh, select all from minio.parts.orders. We're going to see that the 1118 data is still missing from there, even though we added that data back. So Presto basically has no way of knowing, hey, how do I find this data? Um, so what we have to do, we can run, we can call this, um, this uh, procedure sync underscore partition underscore metadata. And then we have to, sub, uh, first thing that you need to know is that in the connection, we need to make sure that our connection, we have selected the catalog that we are actually doing this update on. So this is a Hive catalog, and in our Hive catalog, I happen to call it MinIO. But you you probably you might be calling it Hive, you might call it whatever you call it. But you need to make sure that you're in the catalog that you're actually uh, trying to update this query on. So in here, can you I, use the like use so and so statement as well? Uh, I think so. I don't know how that works in Presto. Is that is that something that you can do? Yeah, it's it's a Presto command where you can say use either schema uh, catalog or use catalog dot schema, and then you're basically in that context. So you don't is, necessarily have to do it on the is, connection. Is that the is that the exact syntax? Can we try that out real fast, or do you want to not? Yeah, list? sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's give that a shot. Then we're gonna take off the. So what I was doing before um, is that I was um, basically setting this up in the JDBC connector, uh, which is uh, one way that you can do this. But Manfred is uh, kind of telling me we can use use, and then what was it? Catalog. Mino, name of the catalog. Just use Mino. Use oh Minio. Mino. Okay colon and run that. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. Catalog must be specified when session catalog is, oh, so this is- Okay, so you have to go, then you have to go minio dot part or whatever. Yeah, so this is- But that might not work then. Well, no, no, it's fine. I think this is because I set this on the JDBC connector before. So that's why it's failing here. But that is that is useful to know. I just I just set it on, on here. So one way or the other, <laughs> uh, you need to make sure that you have, have uh, specified uh, whether it's in the JDBC connector, like I was doing here. So I specified the, the database uh, here, uh, which is, or the catalog in this case. Um, and so I'll go ahead and update that one more time again, just to make sure that this hopefully doesn't fail now. Uh, and then once that's set up, you specify the schema, uh, which is the, da the hive database, which is called part. And then you specify the table that you want need to update and then the mode. So the mode basically says, uh, I, uh, is, is talking from the context of the, um, the Metastore. And so in this case, we're missing a, a Metastore statement. So we need to add that Metastore statement back. Um, so don't get confused in thinking like this is adding, you know, to, to the storage, this is adding to the Metastore. So we need to add that, that entry to the Metastore. So if we run this now, 
where we call it call uh, basically to call a procedure you use the keywords call system.sync underscore partition underscore metadata and then part orders add so we call that and then that that's called and what we expect to see is that this metastore uh value comes back awesome so that metastore value has now shown up uh in in the metastore database and now we would expect that when we do this uh, select all, that we now should see all three, all six uh, rows that we initially entered in there. And sure enough, we do. Yeah. So, uh, so that's how this works. Let's go with the other scenario. What if the data is missing rather than ha- had been added uh, by some other process? What if it's missing? So here we can just delete this 1120 data from MinIO. So this is deleting it from MinIO and not from the uh, Hive Metastore like we had before. And if we look here, still we see that the, this entry still exists in, in Metastore. So now what's going to happen, let's go ahead and just run this just to see what happens. You still get this, this, uh, this data is gone, but uh, Presto probably did some kind of uh, uh, search under that, for that directory and just realized it wasn't there and then just exited that, that call gracefully. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not a huge deal if you kind of have this, this state where there's, you, know, you kind of remove some data and it's sitting in the Metastore, but it's probably better to just keep it clean. So, uh, so you can call this drop command. And so running drop, we now should see that that 1120 entry is gone. And so uh, the, that's basically what this, uh, this, call, this, this call is doing. And the final mode is full, basically saying if there's either, either scenario that, that's occurring, you know, where there's some missing fr- uh, entries from Hive Metastore or there's, uh, you know, kind of missing um, data from the partitions in the storage, then you can actually run this and then it's going to resolve all of those, basically running all ads, all drops that are, that are necessary. And it's more or less a sync between the metadata and the storage. So, um, so that's pretty much that. Uh, I, I want to do one last thing to kind of show you and drive the partitions uh, deal home. And this is going to be now, instead of with zero or one partitions, we're dealing with multiple partitions. So we're going to create Just a table. before you jump into that, wait a sure. second. Um, I want to talk about that sync partition uh, metadata. I think the reason there is these three functions where it's just add, just drop, or full is that there's significant performance impact on that. If you know that there's only deletions, then it doesn't necessarily have to do both operations of checking the file system and the metastore, right? Yeah. So um, it makes a big difference. So if you know what's wrong, it is advisable to only run the one drop or add hmm. because it will take less time because on a massive uh, uh, storage system, yeah. a, a full run can take time, right? So. Yep, for sure. Good good point there, Manfred. And yeah, that's definitely something to be to be uh, cognizant of whenever you're running these. Um, and so we're dealing with small amounts of data. So, uh, but, but yeah, it definitely can, can run something like that. Um, so since we're getting kind of low on time, let's go ahead with this, uh, multi-partition, uh, setup. So we're going to basically say, uh, instead of just doing a DT field, we've taken the original ID and name still are there, but then we're going to actually do multiple partition fields. So this is going to be splitting up on year, month, and day, and we're going to insert a couple extra, uh, fields this time. So let's go ahead and, and create that table. And we go back here, we're going to see that this table now shows up in uh, multi-partition. And then let's go ahead and insert all of these. And so in partition by, you'll notice that we're not just doing it on one field now. We're doing it on the array of year, then month, then day. And those are all different strings in the array. And so when we look at what happens here, we go into multi-part in, in MinIO, and you'll see that year, month, and day are now individual directories, all having that same format of year equals 2019, month equals 01, and day equals 18. And then we have a very specific org file that sits here on the bottom. Now, clearly, if your data is this small, you don't want to be splitting it up this much. You uh, this this type of format, you know, when you're partitioning, you, if you're if you get about let's say a set of terabytes in a day, you know, a couple terabyte. You want to probably just do it by day, but if you're getting to where you're really, you know, uh, uh, storing, let's say multiple, multiple, I guess on the higher end of, let's say 500 terabytes and getting close to a petabytes uh, scale, 
that's when you want to start considering maybe this type of granularity per, uh, per, per day uh, is that you're you're going to want to have the data uh, be split small enough. And these are going to be getting you, you want to be cognizant of the size that these files end up becoming, because if they're too small, it's going to really affect the performance. And so you want to make sure that, you know, these the, the distribution is, is approximately going to going to give you a, um, some some file size of about, I don't know, like a gig couple couple gigs or something like that. I, I I don't know the exact recommendations, but if you're if you're down to these bytes size here, uh mm-hmm. you're you're probably not wanting to even do partitioning to begin with. You probably just want a single file like we did in the very beginning. So with that said, that's just some considerations with partitioning and and also to do with, you know, same same thing goes where like clustering and uh, hopefully it was a good demo for you to kind of understand the the meta store. Um with that let's move along to our um, question of the week. So um, I'm actually going to stay uh, in, in the code view because I actually have some stuff to show. Um, so in this week's question, we're ask, uh, answering this question of uh, this uh, pretty common, uh, well, not, I shouldn't say pretty common, but common enough error that people sen- tend to run into sometimes. So the uh, question kind of comes along like this of query, the, why am I getting this query exceeds maximum columns? Please reduce the number of columns referenced and rerun the query. Um, so, so this error, uh, and, and you can see you'll, you'll get a stack trace, uh, roughly what I'll be showing in the show notes. Uh, it'll say like compiler failed and you'll see that, that message in, in kind of the top of the stack trace. So, uh, the user that was asking this, uh, is, a um, his name's Ashar Hassan, uh, th- very thankful that he, he, uh, contributed this and actually gave some good, uh, uh, extra context around the solution. So, um, he ran this query, select all count one, and then from table group by all having a count one greater than one. So what this is, this looks like a, a, a funky little select uh, SQL statement, but what it's trying to do is it's trying to look for duplicates, uh, basically in this, in this uh, particular table. So, uh, what it's going to do is uh, if there's a count that goes greater than one, it's going to basically be returned from this query. Otherwise, it's not. But to do this, uh, he, this table happened to have, I think, 670 fields as what he was mentioning. And so uh, when you have that many fields, um, what Presto does under the hood is it actually dynamically generates a method to run this query. And so this is done uh, with this... Um, uh, library called, uh, and, uh, and this is linked in the show notes, this uh, ASM library. And it basically does this Java bytecode manipulation stuff that, uh, that we've kind of talked you know, a little bit about with like the performance p- uh, pieces. And so it literally di- generates this, uh, this Java code to, to be run uh, on, on these systems. And for every field that gets projected out of, out of uh, any query, it has to generate literally like a, 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 a a parameter into this method. And so when you have 650 fields, it gets pretty lengthy. And the JVM itself actually has very strict limits on like how big this can be. So, uh, and so if you want to learn more about that, I've linked the uh, Java 8 and the Java 11 uh, 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 speci- speci- specifics on this of uh, when we generate these things, it goes into this uh, code length uh, attribute here. So it says the value of code length must be greater than zero, uh, and cannot, as the code array cannot be empty, but then it has to be less than 60, 65,536, which is two to the 16th, I believe. So it's, uh, it's basically, uh, a very, you know, fixed amount of, of code that you can, or size of the code that you can generate for each of these methods. So, when we run into that, um, what what happens is we wrap that this uh, method to large exception that comes from this library, and we put it into this uh, Presto exception here that'll that'll come out at you. So, the solution at this point is maybe not a very satisfying solution. Uh, basically, it comes down to uh, there's there's some hacky ways that you can maybe get around this, and I'm not going to put those in there. The basic solution, and it will always depend on your specific query that you're running is going to be to try to limit the fields ask okay first thing is ask like do i need to project all these fields out that's the first question and so in this case you know we're we're dealing with uh a group by every single field to look for duplicates so in that on case on a big table <laughs> yeah on a huge table so it's like in that case you need every single field to basically tell us something's a duplicate right well 
maybe in this case, and so what what uh, Shar did in this case is he tried to kind of limit to a subset of the fields that were probably the most identifying of fields in in this case, and at least gave him an idea to have a smaller set of fields to to look at further on. But in your particular case, you need to ask, okay, do I need to project all of these fields, and can I just kind of limit this uh, down? Um, and so the other, uh, a couple other, uh, solutions would be to kind of disable, uh, figure out how to disable the particular Presto functionality that is being invoked to write these, these methods. And so that's going to take a little more drilling. Um, if you do run into this and you're kind of in that case of, I have this query and I need all of these columns, I basically need every single column, uh, as, as part of this huge table, um, you know, you can definitely reach out to us on Presto SQL Slack and we can work with your particular issue and see if we can find something around it. But it's just something to be aware of. Like if you run into this, it's a, it's a basically a JVM limitation and it's not a, not a totally bad, uh, limitation. That well, set just there. think of it like this way. Like this is the only reason this is a problem in terms of like the number is because it's a massive table. Mm-hmm. And because we are code generating the code. Like no sane programmer would write one Java file, which has 65,000 lines. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so yeah. So that being said, um, you know, that's the, that's the basic answer is try to limit your columns, uh, first. And then if that is not a, a possibility, reach out to us and we will try to definitely help you through that issue. So, uh, so with that, uh, I think, uh, let's wrap it up. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover uh, before we we said goodbye to all of our friends? No, I think it's good, been good class. Like nice, nice demos, by the way. Very, yeah, very cool, very educational, and it's good to see the action happening. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody that uh, has uh, joined this. Uh, one thing I want to mention is uh, the music for the show uh, is from uh, the Mega Man Six gameplay album by Christoph Slavikowski. And uh, we definitely want to get everybody uh, contributing uh, any questions or PRs that they would like us to show on the show. Uh, we want to hear that from you guys and uh, let us know um, what uh, uh, what things that you're interested in hearing. Uh, we are getting a lot of people talking about these Code Safari things that I've I've thought about doing. So we can maybe definitely look into that uh, and and trying to get some engineers on to uh, have them roll in here. It probably won't be part of this Presto community broadcast, but it will be maybe an another thing that we look into doing. So really look forward to that. And uh, thanks everyone. Uh, We'll see you in the next two weeks. Awesome. Thank you.